1: Today on
0: the show, something a bit different. A few days ago, we had Chattanooga's mayor, Tim Kelly, and Chattanooga's police chief, Celeste Murphy, in our studio for a town hall to talk about safety and policing. So today we have edited a version of that broadcast right here. My name is Josh Rowe, and this is Tomorrow Town, Tennessee. Welcome to our new Channel 9 Town Hall, Safer Scenic City. I'm Josh Rowe.
4: And I'm Latricia Thomas. We know that safety is at the top of minds more than ever. That's why we're doing a deep dive tonight into how it affects one of our most populated hometowns.
0: Let's meet our panelists tonight, Mayor Tim Kelly. Chattanooga's mayor he has been, uh, for the mayor, just under three years now. Chattanooga native, local businessman before all of that, going to City Hall. Thanks for being here today. We appreciate that. Thank and you, man. Police Chief Celeste Murphy is also here. I've been about a year and a half on the job. Yeah, 20, so yes. 25 years in law enforcement? A little bit more, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. About 20 years in Atlanta before you came here? 25 right? years in Atlanta. 25 mm-hmm. years in Atlanta. So now we've got the, the quick resume in. That's
4: right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, let's, let's talk about this before we, we get into stats and numbers and these kind of things. There's a lot of assumptions about the job of policing. What do you wish more people who are not police officers understood about the job?
3: Yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, the partnerships with you guys start. Um, Getting the messaging out there um, about the good things that we do, Mm -hmm. um, some of the different aspects of the job and just how much the officers and the investigators are dedicated with keeping the the city safe.
4: We were at a summit earlier today about Mm -hmm. gun violence, uh, mental health organizations Mm -hmm. there, people from the courts, you guys both there at times, talking to the community. And I asked you this question before. Some of them seem angry. Mm -hmm. Some of them seem like there's so much out there, more to do. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that that stuck with me that you said to them is, we're all in this together. There's not one name for all the stuff that's happening crime-wise. How do you look at all the different things that are happening and say, this is how we're going to make change?
3: Yeah, I think it started with what you're referencing this morning. And that's what energizes me. You know, the only way that we're going to combat this is by doing this together. And that's one of the reasons why I, you know, I chose the city because I saw where, um, you know, the trajectory of what was going on from city government. And I knew that, um, you know, it would be a perfect fit for, you know, my philosophy or my, um, you know, the way I want to move when it comes to um, combating the safety of any city. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seemed seem like it fit well. But when you talk about the frustration from this morning, it really, it, it is, it's, you know, um, people are ready to energize together and, and come collectively together to help because it's not just one you know, it, this problem is not just a police problem. It's mm-hmm. not just the mayor's problem. We have to do this together. Yeah. And the only way we're gonna combat this is together and it will be better that way.
2: Well, and, and what Chief just described is what's generally known in the business as community <laughs> policing, mm-hmm. that, that approach. And it's, it's why we selected Chief Murphy. Uh, she has a, mm-hmm. a long background in it and we we, we share that philosophy. When right. I came into office, um, you know, we sort of wrote it all down on the One Chattanooga Plan. Public safety is the baseline. Uh, for for all of that, right? I mean, if you don't get that right, none of the rest of it matters. Uh, But we do have to take this comprehensive approach. It's not just that we can, you know, the the police are just out there locking people up and forget it, right? We have to work, uh, we opened an office of community health at the mayor's office and really began to look at gun violence as a public health crisis, which is what it is. And um, I, I spoke, I guess, before you got there this morning, but it made me really happy The frustration notwithstanding to see all those community partners in the same room who understand that it is a continuum. Mm-hmm. that starts in community centers, it starts in schools, uh, addressing the root causes of crime so that, uh, you know, uh, so, so that we can prevent those shootings from happening because mm-hmm. um, the, the police are gonna do their job. They're That's going right. to enforce law. Yeah. That's 100% non-negotiable. But um, our job in city government a layer or two deeper is to stop that from ever happening to begin with.
0: I think the layers are interesting, right? Because this is not just when you're talking about crime and how what to do about crime. It's not just the police. It's not just the mayor's office. You got judges and prosecutors mm-hmm. and the right. uh, state lawmakers and federal lawmakers. I mean, there's a lot. It's a complex system, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. How do you I- explain that as far as 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 that goes? As as far as what is your responsibility, mm-hmm. and where that you know goes to somebody else, and mm-hmm. and, and and the whole, you know layers like uh, mayor kelly said
3: yeah well you know first thing we gotta remind people is that there's nothing wrong with doing um having two um strategies going on at the same time the short strategy and the long strategy so of course the short strategy is going to be law enforcement because we do want to hold people accountable for these violent crimes in our city to hold them accountable so what we're doing good right now cpd is we are bringing a lot of these Uh, Cases to resolution We're bringing closure To these families And these victims We're good at that And we have been doing it And we're we're sending a message That if you do commit a crime In Chattanooga You're going to get caught So that's the first part of it. And then the next piece is make sure that we hand and thank goodness we do have a good relationship with our district attorney. Um, We hand, you know, a complete investigation over to that entity and then they carry the torch from there. So this is a collective and total Mm -hmm. um, relationship that we've got to have in combating crime.
2: Yeah, And the last part is the judicial system. Mm -hmm. There are are areas where we we may need judicial reform um, and and we have a great relationship with our delegation um, and, you know, are, are comfortable having the conversation where where that may be necessary. But Chief Murphy's not uh, being as good around her cheerleader here as she should be. Our, our closure rate for crime here is almost 90%. And the national average is around 50. 50%. And that's over the course of a couple of years. That is freakishly high. What and, have you
4: done mm, yeah, to make question. that number change? Yeah. What specifically helps push that?
3: It's, it's all what, what, it, what I just said. It has to do with, one, you know, making sure we're paying attention to some of those root causes and building programs that help is, you know, we, we look at, you know, what's in the forefront. We, we're worried about our children that may be going down the wrong path. Finding those programs and those collaborations and relationships with community mm-hmm. um, as well as government and uh, and police. Finding those spaces for children to be safe as well as keep them um, on the right path. Mm-hmm. It's also from the police aspect, we're doing things like Finding grants and things like that to help us, you know, uh, support our budget and finding uh, technology advancements to help be a force multiplier. Um, you know, for us uh, in, our, in our mission to uh, combat
2: crime. I would also just say it's about two other things: trust. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, again, it's not coincidental that these numbers went up when when Chief Murphy came to work because it really is about community trust. Mm-hmm. And when and when folks pe- see somebody that, that you know looks like them, the, the department is 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 improving in its trust. And our Chattanooga our men and women of the Chattanooga Police Department are just good at their jobs. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent excellent department with a long and storied history, so yeah. I mean, that's certainly part of it.
4: You talked about some of those numbers, we're going to get to some things you guys provided us in just a second. Another thing we have, Hamilton County's Health Department just released a public survey today. Most of the respondents were from residents of Chattanooga. It's a list of 27 issues, and they prioritize their concerns. The top four listed as major problems in the community were access to affordable housing, mm-hmm. affordable child care, gun safety, which is one of the things we're talking about today, yep. and substance abuse in that order. And of the comments added by people who participated, most were related to health care. The second highest was under guns, crime and violence. So we know it's on a lot of people's minds, obviously.
2: Yeah. No, look, I mean, again, when we opened the Office of Community Health, uh, which we're still hard at work and we work with the Hamlet County Health Department, um, we were you know, I charge them with filling those gaps, and uh, you know, and looking at gun violence um, as a public health crisis, mm-hmm. and and it is precisely that. Uh, we also talk a lot about the social determinants of health, the things that lead people to bad health outcomes, including things like gun violence. And we talked this morning a lot about mental health. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. mental health um, is a, is a huge need in our community, particularly with youth. And so, um, we're working very, very hard at, to increase the provision of resources to to youth and adults but uh, to address those mental health
3: needs bef- before they become um, somebody who's lost it with a gun and yeah. that's a part of what this morning was about um you know we we uh, had different stakeholders in the community there in one room and what can you add to the pie to be able to help uh, make this complete uh, we had uh, community um Resources there. Um, for instance, we had um, uh, one of the speakers was Brother uh, Kevin Muhammad mm-hmm. from the Community Haven, who, you know, gave an example of how police and community work. You know, they go into the community and try to provide resources and access to things that will help. You know, take a step back from the police needing to be there, mm-hmm. and that's what we want. We want to have uh, resources in the community so that we don't have to send the police in those areas unless it's something that we have to respond to. We want the, the community to be nourished before you know these things happen and we, moves into a path where they become vulnerable. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild
0: Chattanooga became part of a larger national discussion on crime just less than two years ago.
4: That's when six teens were shot near the aquarium in 2022. And then just a month later, three people died and more than a dozen were hurt at a shooting on Macaulay Avenue outside of a bar there. One of the things that came to the forefront of that conversation, Mayor Kelly, your roadmap to end violence. Mm -hmm. Tell us some of the high points of that and how it's been going since then.
2: Well, again, as we talked about a little earlier, most of that relates to our work to address the root causes. Um, And uh, we recruited a really great team, including Chris Sands, who work in the Office of Community Health to work with you to try to end gun violence interrupters Mm -hmm. to intervene uh, before these things happen. Um, The police department also uh, picked up some personnel uh, to, to help them connect into the community through social media and other me- other ways to just to stop these things before they happen yeah. and uh, and the work is is working yeah. again a lot of the the work with uh, with youth uh, takes time right uh, it, it, it and it will take years to pay off but we need to sustain it and stay with it and it is working
0: now, I think some of the, the language around that in policing is focusing on the problem not the crime is that is that part of what, what you guys talk about
3: uh, yeah I mean yeah. absolutely you know um, Speaking of of Chris Sands and his shop, a lot of that is just collaborating with them on whether it be events, making sure, you know, we provide the security or just mentor kids, um, you know, any outreach that we can add ourselves to. And it develops relationships with the children and so much so that, you know, it's creating programs for us within the department because we're looking for ways to bring on um, young adults earlier mm-hmm. on the department, being the culture and, and employed by the department and pipeline them, hopefully to the police department in, in some type of role.
2: Yeah. I should also say we're part of a partnership for safety program that the U.S. DOJ, the Department of Justice, Good puts night. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of fantastic resources there. Mm-hmm. And going back to that, uh, and, and our gun, gun crimes unit is, right. is a right. really mm-hmm. uh, nation-leading, award-winning mm-hmm. department. And uh, again, if you can... Um, uh, that 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 super high closure rate of almost 90%. Criminal justice 101 is if you lock people up for a crime, uh, that is the best single deterrent of crime. And we're doing a great job of that.
4: And you talk about guns. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that some of the language, some of the focus has shifted across the years through different police administrations, you had a real focus on gang violence Mm -hmm. at one point, then you had the violence reduction initiative and now more of a gun unit type thing. Mm -hmm. How how does evolving that, that, is it hard to start another topic? Is it hard to start another focus or do you really see change when you narrow down in in one thing like guns, like you guys have really looked into?
3: Right. So we're not necessarily um, just only focusing on guns. So but that's where the majority of the violence can come from. But um, intelligence on gangs or any other uh, genre is, is all intermingled within that. So, you know, whenever we use that, whenever our, what makes our gun team so successful is that when they focus in on any crime related to a gun, regardless of whether it's involving a gang member, it's a domestic situation or random it doesn't matter. We're still gonna do the investigation wow. and bring um, resolution to that case. Yeah. So they're all still intertwined with us focusing anything that's related to gun violence. It, it could be any um, entity that brings us to that to that crime, but um, it, it doesn't change the focus at all. Right.
2: The, yeah. the, the, I think when that change was made, which was actually before mm-hmm. Chief Murphy came on, uh, the idea was this is about the behavior, right. not who's doing the behavior. Right. Again, we're gonna follow the, the lead back to whoever's doing the right. behavior. Right. But ultimately, it is about the people who make the very poor decision uh, mm-hmm. to pick up a gun and use it in violent crime. Right, yeah, I think at uh, your office and some, some stats um, over the
0: years and kind of looking at, where your department is having some success and, and, and those kind of things. And if, if you look at it across the rate, uh, across the, the line, homicides uh, per 100,000 people compared to some other cities, uh, some close and some and some not. Obviously, Chattanooga compares fairly uh, to, to those uh, cities as well. We talked about clearance rate as well. Chattanooga mm-hmm. is doing doing well in that. When you look at some of these things right across the board, right, you can look at, at any metric. And, and come up with your own you know the thought around it that is complex in some ways. But how do you think about it when you do see see stats that show either progress or or things that maybe are stagnant and and, and where you decide to make those decisions about what to what to address and how to address it?
3: Yeah. So when you what that does the way you those comparisons are laid out, it levels all the cities off regardless of population, right? It gives us a percentage per capita, mm-hmm. and and that's what you know compare you know evil, evens the, the, the field with all of us. But what you do when you get that type of data is you say, OK, um, one thing we know we're getting right is we're, we're getting our, our investigations to resolution. Right. We, we have a, a great partnership in Chattanooga that's kind of unique. You know, when I speak to other chiefs in other cities, is that we have partnerships with our bordering municipalities mm-hmm. around us, police yeah. departments, mm-hmm. as well as our um, county mm-hmm. uh, departments. Our, uh, state departments as well as our federal departments. There's just a relationship there that intermingles the intelligence that all of us gather. We meet regularly, we talk regularly, yeah. there's there's no siloing of information and that's what makes us a great success. Mm-hmm. Can, can you explain that a little further how it's different here than other mm-hmm. places? I wouldn't say that we're the only model yeah. of that but it's it's from my own experience and from talking to other chiefs in other cities, we have a great relationship that uh, between all of those jurisdictions that makes us such a success that mm-hmm. others don't necessarily have that, that connectivity. Mm-hmm. A lot of it may be because of the size of our city, but at the end of the day, I take it. You yeah. know, it works and, and we're going to keep using it yeah.
4: when we talk about partnership too, um, the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office mm-hmm. stepping in after the murder mm-hmm. of Chris Wright downtown mm-hmm. saying we want to send our deputies there mm-hmm. to help patrol. Mm-hmm. Has that helped?
3: Of course. Um, listen when I first got here, the first meeting I had within a couple of months of me being here, I had um, every jurisdiction in the Hamilton County space all the way up to state officials and um, federal officials. And I, we met at my headquarters mm-hmm. and I said, look, this is what I know. This is how I've learned that law enforcement works. We have to work together. So we've always been working. It was nothing new from that incident. Mm-hmm. It was intentional that we wanted to community to know that right. this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always been there. And, and this is their jurisdiction as well. Oh, yeah. So so um, they have always um, enforced the law in, in, within this county.
2: I just want to say, too, on the slide about homicides per 100,000, mm-hmm. that is kind of the gold standard metric. Um, and you hear a lot of things, right? And uh, You know, you, uh, you look at social media and people think Chattanooga is not a safe city. Look, one homicide is too many, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's that's a fact. But we are not even in the same ballpark as a lot of cities we're often compared to, mm-hmm. um, and that's due to the hard work of uh, the men
3: and women of the Chattanooga Police Department. And the main thing you want to look at is that we're trending down in the last five years yes. on our homicides, and that's important. Yeah. As long as we're tracking um, on a decline, and, and that's the you know, that's what you look for. Yeah. You know. Again, one is too many. And, and I don't think anybody in any city in this country will say, you know, I'm going to get crime down to zero. Yeah. You know, that's impossible. Right. But what we can promise is that our officers are going to work hard when it does happen to bring it to resolution.
0: Mayor Kelly, you made a great point there about the perception, like right. Which you'll hear, see on social media, oh, yeah. that, that kind of thing, right? I don't think people really understand how high your clearance rate is. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's that, that's uh, been said publicly enough. There are people quite.
1: Oh, I get it now. Yeah.
2: Well, don't take this personally, <laughs> but uh, I think part of the problem is the is with the media environment yeah. and the social media because we we know that you know fear sells, mm-hmm. and uh, and so if you're trying to build followers or sell advertising a lot of times it's those stories that sell better Mm -hmm. Uh, but we have some very good news to share here Mm -hmm. and the fact of the matter is i mean all we can do is come and talk to you about things like this with the facts
4: Mm -hmm. yeah well we appreciate this open conversation and and getting to the root of more of these um because the longer time we can take with it the more we can really dig into some of these Mm -hmm. issues sure
0: part of the discussion about crime also involves juveniles and chief murphy i'd love to get your thoughts on this so when you're looking at crime that involves juveniles how do you how does that differ for crimes that are committed by adults? How,
3: how do the police look at that? It doesn't differ from a law enforcement aspect. Of course, the judicial system is a little bit different, mm-hmm. and that's where it changes course, not, not our wheelhouse. But um, we still enforce crime uh, regardless of age. Um, but of course, you know, children are my passion. So, um, you know, besides just the law enforcement piece, I'm I'm very tuned in and locked in. But what else are we doing to get to the root reasons why that juvenile went the wrong path?
4: One of the things uh, we spoke about today, or you guys spoke about at the summit, was social media. And mm-hmm. how it comes into the perception of mm-hmm. what's going on in a juvenile's life or showing mm-hmm. off or showing mm-hmm. those guns or, I mean, mm-hmm. things that we didn't have to worry about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. How do you see some of that playing into the crime that's happening today mm-hmm. and just their thought process behind it?
3: Yeah, well, it, it absolutely has a big influence on it. But the good part about it is the police are getting better at social media as mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. it's helping us in a lot of our investigations.
4: Yeah. Do you have specific officers Mm -hmm. who sit there and peruse Mm -hmm. social media looking for, you know, things that are about to happen, things that Mm -hmm. are being threatened, that sort of thing?
3: We have certain units that specifically um, specialize in that. Mm -hmm. But I'll be honest with you, um, with the younger officers that we have out there, even the ones that answer 911 calls, a lot of them are all engaged with that same, um, you know, skill set as well. Mm -hmm. So um, we have a good portion of our police department that's really, really engaged with that. Mm -hmm. When it comes to juvenile crimes, are there
0: things that you wish the community understood that they could do better uh, different policies that you wish you know were in place how do you feel like things uh outside of policing could affect that
3: yeah um just the education that we provide if if we can just keep getting you know our messaging out to the community and them coming on board with us we've Mm got to stand united with us um Mm -hmm. the community's got to do their part and we do our part together.
2: Yeah. And I should say, too, Mayor Murphy, uh, Mayor Murphy, not quite <laughs> right there yet, yeah, but uh, Chief Murphy and I are both uh, members of the Children's Cabinet here locally, yeah, right. which is a really great organization, mm-hmm. includes uh, um, uh, Dr. Robertson from HCDE, the county mayor, uh, county mayor staff, um, Chattanooga 2.0 representatives, and it, the whole idea is to look at things through the lens of, mm-hmm. of uh, what's best for kids here. Yeah. And COVID was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I mean, as an epidemiological episode, obviously, mm-hmm. but really, uh, you know, I had a professor of public health uh, speak to a bunch of mayors during the pandemic and say it was kind of like somebody put their hand in the, in the middle of a waterbed and just pushed down, mm-hmm. right? And it just flipped everybody off at the margins. And people went a little crazy, as we all know, right? And it had a terrible impact on kids. So there are a lot of kids um, who, you know, we have a truancy issue here. We gotta get kids back in school. We're Mm -hmm. still not back. We still don't have the level of kids back in school that we had prior uh, to the pandemic. And and that's gotta change. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a whole of a community approach, it has to be. Yeah. And we're doing some great work through uh, the Children's Cabinet in order to uh, in order to make that happen, because it really, you know, again, you show me a kid who's who's not in school, uh, who is 13, 14, 15 years old, I'll show you a problem uh, that's coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: And some of the issues that come along with that, one of the best speakers I've heard in Chattanooga is Judge Filial, one mm-hmm. of the juvenile judges, talking about, yeah, you're looking at the crime, but what you don't see is an absentee mom or, um, being at home by yourself all night long, well, or not eating, or being, you know, just so many of these things that play into these uh, court cases and these crimes that yeah. people never hear about. They hear mm-hmm. the crime,
2: the yeah. end result. Well, and Judge Phil, also a member of the Children's Council mm-hmm. as well. He has some really, really constructive suggestions about how things might change. Um, and I know, I th- I'm, or I'm told that, that that may be something the legislature takes up at some point. Um, soon to to think, you know, how how might we tweak or change juvenile justice reform for better outcomes?
3: You know, one of the things that's a success of the Children's Cabinet that uh, we're really now getting the pulse on is that, you know, we as adults we um, craft what we feel should be best for the juveniles but what children's cabinet does is it brings in the voice of the child mm-hmm. What you know what makes you safe what right. makes you feel safe yeah what are some strategies that we can do that you think will be more effective mm-hmm. so that's one of the, the successes of yeah. that
0: and what have you heard from that when you, when you get the, the children to tell you what what they what they want what make them feel safe what do you hear mm-hmm.
3: well a lot of them just want a safe place to to, to have entertainment play mm-hmm. um you know oftentimes you know a lot of pieces that we miss are with education as well as nutrition mm-hmm. yeah. and that was one of the things that came up this morning kids are hungry mm-hmm. um, I just recently uh, read an article about a school system that had to do a GoFundMe mm-hmm. to pay off the debt of mm-hmm. unpaid lunch balances and that's that's sad yeah. you know why do we have to fight to eat in school it should be a part of our education because that's what is one of, one of the deficits in, pe- mm-hmm. in children being able to learn mm-hmm. yeah
2: and so much of this informs other work we're doing uh, at City Hall affordable housing was up on that screen earlier We talk a lot about that uh, in in Children's Cabinet. If you've got a kid that's bouncing from couch to couch, um, that child is at risk, right. right? And if they're not getting fed regularly, mm-hmm. uh, those are the interventions we sort of need to, to make to change. And a lot of this informs uh, the way that we're looking at community development differently. Yeah. Right? And we're going through a big change there in city government to really look at community development centers or community centers as hubs mm-hmm. for resources. Um, very A lot of what we're doing with the school system on this community forward schools project is exactly that, using them as resource centers so that if a child is at risk and teachers or the principal, no, no, you know, sees that mm-hmm. they can connect them to nonprofit resources through, uh, through that adjoining community center, uh, and that
3: work again is working. The sustainable change to make sure that we uh, tamp down, you know, any type of violence as it pertains to our children is to make sure that we do these things that are getting to that root. Re- I mean, we just really have to put more energy into what's what got these children there not about the act no. at the time that it's occurring right. let's, let's let's focus on what got them there
2: right and and again the the kind of the crux of the one Chattanooga plan we talked about this morning is is that we can't do this. Chief nor I in in city hall can do this alone. It is it has to be a whole community approach, right. and the the number of people that were there from the faith community, from the nonprofit community is mm-hmm. so encouraging yeah. because right. it is going to take uh, all of us together uh, to fix this. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: and we'll see some of those people that spoke this morning coming up a little bit later in our newscast. We hear about it all the time, drugs and overdoses taking a toll on communities, according to recent data from Hamilton counted. 2022 compared to 2023 has seen a decrease in overdose deaths but since 2018 fentanyl has remained the leading drug in fatal overdoses according to hamilton counted data fentanyl remains the driver in overdose deaths since 2018 it is a scary drug it is out there Um, how often are you guys seeing it every day all the time
3: yeah um, you know, it, it, it permeates through, um, you know, the joke, the, the, the drug culture mm-hmm. itself. Um, but, you know, successfully we've seen um, a drop. Um, 18 percent in our overdoses um, compared to last year. So and I think that speaks to our um, enforcement efforts increasing. It's giving us a little bit more opportunity to go take the drugs off the street so they're not easily distributed. Mm -hmm. And so um, 18 percent more lives have been, you know, uh, been affected by that.
4: It's a big number in the right direction.
3: And, you know, just in other areas as well, um, you know, we've increased our DUI enforcement about 22 percent so we're taking unsafe drivers off the road and sometimes in those cases you see where alcohol and drugs mix as mm-hmm. well so um, you know we're really increasing our efforts in those areas to make sure we keep people safe you know that, that was an alarming statistic for me even coming from Atlanta to hear about how fentanyl was um, crippling the, the community here mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah and when you're talking about the other things we talked about mm-hmm. already right where you're not focusing on the crime you are focus on the people and the mm-hmm. problem mm-hmm. with drugs it's a very different problem because mm-hmm. you know you can arrest people you can do those kind of things but that doesn't cure addiction right right um, right, right when you think about that as, as a police department how do you think about that as far as, as, as what do you do for the person long term to, to fix this you know long term
3: well you know it speaks to our co-response unit and why we have increased that mm-hmm. you know we okay. want to you know uh, we don't want to victimize or we don't want to criminalize victims of, of that disease mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when a law is broken, we enforce it. But at the, at the, at, if we can mitigate um, an arrest from occurring, then you know, that's the route that we want to. You know, approach. We want to more so go after the offenders mm-hmm. that are putting that, you know, drug out there. Sure.
4: Explain a little bit more about the co, um, response co-response unit. unit.
3: Yeah. So this actually started. I'd like to take the full credit for it. Um, but it started right before I got here. Mm-hmm. And so we pair up an officer with a social worker. Mm-hmm. And it also is a, it also helps us um, with our 911 responders. So they're able to see someone in crisis. Mm-hmm. They call that unit and they go there and mitigate, do the therapy, do the resources, the outreach, whatever um, whatever's needed referral services that are needed to mitigate that situation and then our officers can go out into the street and handle um crimes and and avoid violent crimes in our community Mm -hmm. but it's it's been extremely successful so much though that we were able to add another team and we looked in the future to be able to increase that it's been working wonders and we're actually a a flagship you know department Mm -hmm. for other cities that want to create that model as well yeah
2: i'm not a criminal justice expert but that was the one thing when chief murphy came on that we had already decided Uh, i had done that research with my staff at other cities Mm -hmm. and you know frankly a little risky. Um, putting somebody out there who's a social worker in harm's way. Um, but again, they've done a great job with it. And we lo- and it has had tremendous effect. It worked exactly as we hoped it would. Uh, and so we, we look forward to expanding that. At model.
3: the end of the day, it's what we teach our officers is de-escalation. Mm-hmm. So they have an expertise that we don't necessarily have, mm-hmm. but they're learning from each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the officers there to make sure that the scene is safe, but the so- social worker guides go- in, does their job, and usually it's extremely successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Michael, mean, you talked about, you know, not Coming from a policing background, so, so so to speak, there, when you're thinking about policing mm-hmm. and resources they need, specifically in drugs and, and and these kind of things, what are what's out there that you're looking at as far as as what could help uh, these folks down the road?
2: I mean, I read, you know, I read a lot, and I <laughs> defer to the experts. I mean, again, uh, they do a tremendous amount. Of um, Chief Murphy and her staff uh, take advantage of all the training available. Uh, I talk to other mayors yeah. uh, who are in the same, I mean, you become sort of an armchair expert as as a mayor at everything from policing to wastewater management, right? right. Uh, and so, you know, and I try to to be there as a resource and uh, and listen to the best practices and and pick up and um, have full faith and confidence in Chief Murphy. And so I may suggest some things to her, but uh, uh, I let her run her department.
4: Yeah. Another department you said you work well with the Hamilton County District's Attorney's Office, obviously on the prosecution end. Now we talked to District Attorney Cody Wamp late last year about the focus for prosecuting people involved in drug crimes. We
2: are not trying to
4: prosecute addicts. Of course it's against the law to have and possess controlled substances. And I'm not saying you're not gonna be charged and we're gonna to have to deal with that. I'm just saying that's not our focus. Our focus is on the high level high level dealers. There's always gonna be addicts and we need to focus our resources on helping those people, getting them off those drugs like Cadis is doing. Um, we need to focus our, our prosecutorial resources on the big drug dealers and that's what we're doing. Sounds really similar to some of the things mm-hmm. you're talking so about, right. and also, if you can get the dealer off the street, you can mm-hmm. get some of that trickle down effect.
2: Right. Well, I would echo what General Lump said there. Cadus is a huge asset mm-hmm. for Chattanooga. Um, we, we, uh, the, 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 a lot of people don't appreciate how how great uh, an asset that is, but. Uh, the real challenge for us in this community with the, with, the, with the city and the county is to really expand those resources, mm-hmm. uh, both for um, a, addiction treatment and for mental health. And it is a challenge. Yeah. yeah. We wanna deal with some issues now that maybe don't have to do so much with
0: crime, but, but maybe with police officers mm-hmm. and kind of police chiefs even, uh, some of the things that you're dealing with, hiring, um, thinking about the mental health and wellness mm-hmm. of police officers. I mean, the police officers job every day Cortisol spikes are daily, Uh, dangerous situations can be daily. Um, Mm -hmm. What are you guys doing to to look after your people when when you know that situation?
3: You have to stay conscious of that. So, you know, from the top, you know, I make sure that I drive down the message, you know, through the command staff that we've got to support our people in every measure that we can. Mm -hmm. We have a very robust peer support. Of course, there's... um, Resources through city government, um, you know, employee assistant programs and things like that. But with police, you know, it seems a little bit more um, effective when you can talk to someone that understands everything that you're going through. So we have a very uh, robust peer support program and making sure um, that we educate our supervisors to look for flags and signals. Mm -hmm. Um, We talk a lot about mental health, physical health, all of that stuff, and it's gonna get better, um, you know, through this year, 2024, we're gonna make sure that we really drive that home. We Mm -hmm. unfortunately lost um, one of our sergeants Mm -hmm. recently, um, and, and it really was eye-opening for us to make sure that we keep focus on our mental health and our physical health. Yeah.
4: Yeah. A Cadet graduation just last night in mm-hmm. the city of Chattanooga, 11 mm-hmm. cadets walking across mm-hmm. that stage, but that number down from previous mm-hmm. years. How yeah. hard is mm-hmm. it to get somebody to be a police officer right mm-hmm. now, not just in Chattanooga, but really anywhere?
3: Yeah, we've done some things to start to streamline the process internally mm-hmm. with our department. Um, we make sure we, we've, um, made our unit a little bit more intentional and specific about where the job is. So we give them less things to focus on. Um, our recruitment efforts are going to improve. And I think across the nation, a lot of us are having challenges um, with uh, getting police officers on the police board as well as just employers everywhere, not yeah. even, even outside of law enforcement. But Chattanooga Police Department is about the best department to work in this region. And we have a lot to offer. There's a lot of roles on this police department that we're going to start making sure we communicate out uh, better. And we're going to reach uh, a little bit deeper in age with our youth mm-hmm. and streamline and and pipeline them into the process a little bit sooner mm-hmm.
0: as, as you mentioned you mentioned in the break it's hard to hire a lot of things right now yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but you have a specific job that probably is harder to sell than than many because mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. a lot of things you know trust in the community uh the danger of it all the things mm-hmm. divorce rate I, you know alcoholism rate you know i mean looking we talked about this before right of of when people leave the force and and the, and how many officers you know don't make it to old age those those mm-hmm. kind of things it's, it's a lot of things to really mm-hmm. consider when you're talking about policing across the country as a whole
3: yeah. yeah i think it just really um comes down to making sure you care for your people and let mm-hmm. them know you care about them let that know you know you let them know that you have their back mm-hmm. and i think that we're leveling off in our numbers out you know our, our um Numbers for people retiring early or um, quitting early has nothing to do with their experiences here anymore. Um, I think that people are realizing again now that they have, there is a passion for this job. When people see and uh, officers on this department, and they talk about the things that they love about what they do. I think now we're starting to um, get people interested back in the profession.
2: Yeah, and you know, this is another reason why community policing, that mm-hmm. model makes so yeah. much mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Because if you're working in a, a department that where the community doesn't support you, yeah. where there's antagonism right. between the department and the community, which is, there are frankly, a lot of cities in the United States where that is the case. Chattanooga is not one of them. Right. Um, it's that much more difficult to to do the job, right? And so, and again, we also talk a lot, both outside the city and inside the city, about, about destigmatizing mental health, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, when I spoke to the cadets graduating last night, and that was what I closed with, right? If you need help, ask for help, it's not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength, I'd say that to to anybody, but particularly our police officers, because as you say, the amount of stress that they are subjected to on a daily basis is is overwhelming. Most of us could never do it.
3: And we drive the point home on our department, everybody's a recruiter. From yeah. me down to the cadets. And I think if you were at that ceremony last night, you saw those cadets were absolutely sure about what they wanted to do. Absolutely. And they described how and why they picked the Chattanooga Police Department. And so they'll be our recruiters out there when they hit the streets today. <laughs>
0: yep, no doubt. Got a few more minutes here with the uh, mayor and the police chief. We've talked about the One Chattanooga Plan quite a bit, actually. And uh, there's there's always like nuggets in there, if you really re- read it, that kind of show, I think, Senior philosophy, and there's a line in there that says, uh, "Change moves at the speed of trust." That's mm-hmm. right, uh, and it's an interesting, you know, point. But you're both media, too, for that matter, uh, dealing with you know situations where you are trying to daily earn
2: trust. Yes. That's right.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you how do you go about that? How do you do that? What's that process look like?
2: Well, I'll go first, and then you can go. But I mean, I think it's mainly just being consistent, doing what you say you're going to do, right? And 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 meaning it, right, and doing that over and over and over again, because, you know, if, you, you know, to use the old analogy from the peanuts, right, if you've had that, if Lucy's pulled that football away <laughs> over and over and over again, it's really easy for communities, particularly communities that have been historically disadvantaged mm-hmm. and um, uh, to, to just say, to, to check out and mm-hmm. say, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care what you say. You're, you know, uh, you're full of it. And I think mm-hmm. you just have to continually do this, do the right thing and, and, and do what you say you're gonna do over and over again. Yeah.
3: yeah, that's what it is. Consistency and being direct with people, being mm-hmm. honest with people. Yeah. Um, when you make a promise, follow through with mm-hmm. it. Um, and, and then what we do in policing is, you know, not only do we, um, you know, take care of, like we have a victim services unit. So it's not just about solving the crime. We send that unit out and they make sure they um, bring resources to the family and Mm -hmm. care on them and love on them until we get through the investigation phase of it. So, and it's also following up with people and saying, you know, this is what's going on in your investigation until it gets to resolution. Just staying, and educating people as well, because sometimes people have expectations out of us that's not necessarily always um, what what lines up with what they believe. And um, it's just, you know, being consistent and being direct I saw
4: a moment today at the end of um, the summit Mm -hmm. where a mother who had Mm -hmm. lost her two sons to gun violence, one in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. one here in Chattanooga a Mm -hmm. number of years ago, came up to you and hugged you Mm -hmm. and both seemed Mm -hmm. to have tears in your eyes, both of you. And she was looking to you for comfort. And Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you gave that to her. It Mm -hmm. seemed like Mm -hmm. that connection there happens with these people in Chattanooga Mm -hmm. that are grieving and want some kind of change. And it's it's a moment that i think a lot of us um don't ever get to see Mm -hmm. but it was it was good to know that there are advocates out there fighting and there are people there listening right yeah Yeah. so many people in our community looking for some of those
3: answers Um, yeah the reason why is because she you know a lot of people in the community already know me i'm still trying to meet people but you know as, as much as i can i try to make sure i embed myself in the community let people see me know me and when they see that I'm authentic about what I talk about mm-hmm. um, and I follow through with it and because I, I'm a mother. So, of course, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, look at another mother who's suffering yeah. and not feel some type of way about that. So um, it's all authentic. And I think people hopefully can see that that's what my heart is. Yeah. We can all look at
0: numbers and data and whatever and say, this could be better, this could be better. But the truth is, is there are a lot of people just across the board in our city, but definitely in the police department who are trying to do the right thing day yes. in day out. Mm-hmm.
2: That's yeah, again, um, it, nobody bats a thousand, but we get up every day and try. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at the long-term trends or heading in the right direction, I think we'll continue to head in the right direction. I'm very hopeful that a lot, our gun violence prevention work in particular with youth is really just now getting traction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. Um, again, we wake up every day and right. put on the uniform or you know, this is, I guess, my uniform, <laughs> but, uh, and, and go out and do it again. We, we'll see how this year stacks up, but we're, we're, we're really starting gain momentum and uh, I'm very encouraged.
0: I wanted to say this. Thanks for being here today. Well, I don't think we've been here for more than a decade. I've had an hour of live TV to sit down to talk to the mayor and the police chief yeah. specifically about policing in our city. And I think these conversations need to happen more often. So right. thank you for thank being you. here. Definitely, good good to come forward. Forward. Thank you. Yeah. Right. And thank you we'll tell us. these
4: stories along the way so as <laughs> that no change <doubt>. continues <laughs> yeah. to happen. Thank you.
0: Thanks again to Mayor Kelly and Chief Murphy. Here in Chattanooga, we've had some sad news this week with the passing of American hero and Medal of Honor recipient Larry Taylor. We have talked about Captain Taylor on this show many times. His funeral is next week. So we are going to take a few weeks off to honor this hero and reflect on his service to this country. A brand new episode coming soon on... Tomorrowtown, Tennessee. This podcast is a production of News Channel 9, Fox, Chattanooga and Sinclair Broadcast Group, Chattanooga. We hope you join us again real soon.